BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me, sure. Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Presented by Wingstop. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Waiting on the captain right quick. This is the Black Shirt and the Captain Show on 93.7. The ticket is the captain. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Did you miss me? Y'all ain't got no energy. Get the energy going, baby. Uh, 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 uh. Do the call yeah. tonight. Uh, uh, oh. uh, one day uh, in a wake up. Uh, one day in a wake up. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. Look out. It's the captain on the ticket, 93.7. I'm with the black shirt. I'm with Cole. Uh-oh. And listen, fresh, hot from the presses, the native sons, native son, Lincoln, Nebraska, two-time national champ, been in the NFL for so long, 172 pick overall, fifth-round draft pick of the Seattle Seahawks, my big brother, Eric Stokes. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate that Stevie Wonder induction, by the way, too. That was, that was a nice uh, throwback. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, we got – see, Stokes, now you get ready to make me throw you all the way back right now. Give me the, <laughs> give me the fat hour. Give me the hour. Give me the hour. Give me the hour. Give me the hour. Oh, one second here. Uh, I do not know the album. I, I don't have that. I'm not, I can't go that far back. That's a little too deep. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I, I don't have the album off the top of my head. You got, listen, I said, I, I only told you one part. I said the Albert. Oh, the Albert. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's Bob Albert. And I'm going to sing a song for you. This is what I like to think when I think of all of us. <laughs> We 
with me and all the gang. Learning from each other while we do our thing. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, my goodness. I was talking about that one, Eve. You remember that one? I do remember that one. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, Stokes, I got to get right into it. Turn it off, Bob. Turn it off, Bob. Matter of fact, the, the, the black shirt, Terrell Farley, is with me, too, E. What's up, E. Stokes, my oh, brother? Okay. How you doing, T? I'm doing all right, man. Good to talk to you, brother. Yeah, good to, good to catch up. Okay, so, E, I'm going to play it backwards. Okay, okay. You are at the Washington Football Commanders. I am. And, and, and it's getting down to the wire. You know, you are pro personnel, like senior guy. You've been in this thing for 20 years. Give me just where you guys are with it. What is going on in East Oaks world right now as we speak? Yeah, I mean we're uh, we're really winding down now. We have our last preseason game coming up on uh, Saturday night, and uh, we're playing the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, from there, we, we're our last round of cuts. So you know we have a, a lot online. You know we have a lot of uh, players that we're uh, evaluating right now, and uh, you know looking to uh, get down to that final fifty-three from. Uh, coming off a, a 90-man cut. So, you know, we have a lot of decisions to make, a lot going on. And, uh, you know, obviously we want to knock on wood and have a, a health come out of a healthy, uh, you know, final preseason game. But, uh, but yeah, we'll have to have make some tough decisions as we get to Sunday, Monday, morning, or Sunday and Monday and uh, kind of get to our final 53 roster as we get to Tuesday. When, you, when you're looking at an NFL guy and a guy that you want to keep around, what does that guy, for a college player listening, what does that guy look like? Uh, consistent. That's what I can tell you. Consistent. Uh, that is smart guys, tough guys, and guys that are available are always going to give themselves a chance to uh, compete. And, you know, those are the things that uh, we're looking for. Uh, and it's still very underrated, uh, I think, you know, because most, most of those things are intangible, so to speak, right? Because um, it's not always about uh, the athletic talent. There's there's plenty of athletic talent up here at this level. You know, everyone's pretty much all the same, but uh, you know, really how you do separate yourselves is uh, from an intangible standpoint, availability standpoint. So uh, those those are really, that's really what it comes down to. And, and honestly, too, a little bit has to do with the more you can do, you know, and uh, that also plays a role because when you have limited rosters uh, like we do, uh, being able to have some positional flexibility, being able to contribute on special teams, uh, that, that separates guys out as well. Talking to Eric Stokes, two-time national champ, uh, drafted by the Seattle Seahawks, been all over when we talk about scouting, you know, with Seattle. How long were you with Seattle in, in the scouting department? Man, I was with them for uh, 12 years. So uh, what's crazy is I'm in my uh, 22nd year in the NFL, wow. uh, 25 total, including uh, my time playing with both Seattle and Cleveland. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I've really uh, carved out a, a career. Uh, you know, I've been with five different organizations. I've I worked with nine different head coaches, seven different GMs. So uh, I've, I've been around the way, man. I've, I've found my way and uh, made my way in this league uh, over time. What, what's been, you know, and I'm, I'm not, what's been the most interesting stop along the way as far as team goes? Well, I, I think this. I think there are every situation, and this is what you learn as you, as you kind of have the career that I've had and you, and you kind of have an opportunity to go through different buildings, is they're all unique. Uh, they all have their different challenges. Um, you know, they all kind of, you know, it's always, everything's different. You know, nothing about our league is is the same. Everything is, 
you know, so organic and so fluid and, you know, the challenges really that you have to deal with every day, the problems that you are working to solve are different in every building. And so uh, that's really what I could, you know, really kind of tell you, you know, coming out of it, uh, just again, being in, uh, with some different organizations. 20, 22 years of NFL football, who is the most talented player you've ever either recruited, been around? Who would you say in the NFL is the most talented player in your career? Uh, I would say I would. I kind of have my one percenter, so it's funny you bring that list up. I would Uh-oh. put uh, Walter Jones in that category. Uh, I would put Julius Peppers in that category, and I'd put Adrian Peterson, our, our three guys. And then I would say, even though you know maybe he didn't win a ring, but Cam Newton uh, is one of those guys that just, just rare. You know, just those guys are just rare in every every way. I'm looking at Terrell like okay. no, but wait, no, hold up, hold up, see, because I'm, I'm, let me skip over here. Now I'm gonna skip back around to what what we really came to talk about. Being from Lincoln East, a Lincoln East grad, a Lincoln East great. How is it? How did you make it to Nebraska? What was your upcoming? What did you you know as far as Nebraska goes? Nebraska football. Who recruited you? Yeah, going back, uh, ironically, the late Jack Pierce, God bless his soul. I saw that he uh, passed away recently. Played a role in that uh, in that recruiting process uh, for me. And uh, but what I would say was interesting. You know, I was I was really leaning towards trying to leave uh, the state. I was kind of conflicted on that initially, which is which is really you know crazy at the time. But you know, you have to kind of remember coming when I was kind of coming up at that time in the '90s. There weren't a lot of local guys that were making it and having a great deal of success. And so I really wasn't sure how to really, uh, I really wasn't sure about my feelings on that initially, but I will tell you, I mean, I went to the uh, football camp um, at Nebraska and, uh, and that really changed everything. It really changed my trajectory all the way around because, you know, to your point, I'm at a, at a school at Lincoln East and, uh, you know, I had a, a very successful junior year uh, as a running back. I go to Nebraska's football camp, and really that what that's what put me on the map. I mean, I came out of that camp after three days. Coach Osborne offered me a scholarship um, as the camp concluded. I went to his office and sat down and said, hey, no matter what happens to you uh, in your senior year, no matter how it goes, um, I want to promise you a scholarship. And obviously, you know, going back, letting my folks know, you know, really changed everything, but it also opened up a lot of doors. After that, you know, I had a lot of colleges uh, that kind of came out of nowhere as well, um, interested in my services. So, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it was impossible to pass up uh, Coach Osborne and the staff and, and uh, everyone. And uh, it's a, I mean, it's a decision that, um, you know, obviously it worked out incredibly well. And I'm just so appreciative and I just have a lot of gratitude for, you know, just so many people that uh, helped me along that journey and, um, you know, really made, really played a role in making me who I am today. And uh, obviously that includes coach and um, the coaching staff that was there. And then also a lot of the support people, as you know, whether, you know, it was academics and, and the training staff. And, you know, we had just a lot of great people there um, at Nebraska helping us and supporting us along the way. Hey, you, you, Get to the University of Nebraska. Uh, you're a true freshman. What what what's going on now in your mindset? You know, once you step football, step foot on uh, Memorial Stadium, and, and and you had to deal with some of the guys you had to deal with. 
Yeah, you know what? It actually was fast because I had come off playing uh, the uh, all Nebraska All Star game uh, that that summer. So I played in the Shrine Bowl, but I got really sick at the Shrine Bowl. So I I show up uh, for camp and I'm I'm like down maybe ten fifteen pounds and not well and it was moving fast. You know, it was I was like, man, okay, this is uh, this is you know completely different. So for me, what was, my transition actually was a little slow. I, I think it took me about a month before I really got my legs underneath me. And, you know, by that time, the, you know, I had been declared as a red shirt and so on and so forth. So, but I, I will tell you, it was definitely uh, eye-opening, the pace, the tempo, the uh, competitive nature of how, how the practices were, how physical the practices uh, were, which is, you know, not something that you know, we really see much today. And I certainly don't see in my world. Uh, so, I mean, just, uh, you know, really an eye-opening and just an appreciation for how, how that all uh, worked in terms of, our tempo, our preparation, and how we did things. The, the the physicality, you talked a little bit about that as far as the physicality and not seeing that. Is that something that is going to go completely by the wayside? The, the, the further we get into this thing, is that going to go completely to the wayside being physical in practice? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think we're getting to that point. I don't know if we're there yet. You know, I think as we, you know, obviously there's a lot of studies that are taking place and um, everyone's very well aware of, uh, you know, CT and, and, and whatnot, you know, with the studies that are going on with that. But I don't think we're there yet, but I, I could see, I could see that shifting, you know, in the next, uh, you know, five to 10 years and just overall in terms of how we're treating athletics. Obviously one of the things that we're, you know, that we're really pushing right now and you're, you're hearing a lot about is, is flag football and how we're really endorsing that. I, I can't say that I could see the NFL, uh, ever mo- at any point right now, any time in the near future, moving to a point where we're seeing flag football. But certainly uh, the wellness, um, you know, the player's health is something that uh, is on people's minds. And, and uh, you know, obviously we have several studies that are, are taking place, uh, that are continuously taking place to enhance player safety. That, that being said, you know, I, I, it made me think about the uh, All-Star game, the Pro Bowl this past year. You yeah. know, to me – if you're gonna do, if you're gonna have that level of, you know, not really playing football, why not just do like a celebrity flag football game? You know, that way the guys. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be interesting because I do see the Pro Bowl changing. I don't, I don't think we're. I think you're gonna see a one. I, I could see the possibility of just getting rid of it entirely, and, and two, I, you know, I think exactly what you're saying. I could see that turning more to uh, some type of flag football event. But I think that you know, obviously, the biggest, you know probably a conflict with the league that they have is, you know, they want to promote the game and we want to promote the, the game's best players. And, uh, you know, I think it's just about trying to find some, the best way, what is the best way to actually do that? And, uh, and so I'm sure that that's just something that, that the league is continuing to kind of struggle with. How do we find that balance? Talking to Eric Stokes, two-time national champ, Washington commander, a senior pro place, personnel director. Um, Eric, when you were at Nebraska, who was that big brother guy? Who was that guy that kind of took you under his wings Showed you the Nebraska way of doing things. 
You know what? I thought what was unique, I wouldn't say that there was any one person. I thought it was really about uh, our class and just our class as a whole coming together. You know, I, you know, I came in, uh, myself and Mike Minner, uh, Jamal Williams, Michael Booker, and and so and then prior to that, we had Tony Dillon, we had Toby Wright, I mean, we had so many you know great models in terms of uh, guys that were you know coming in at that time, and everyone was you know very helpful, uh, you know guys supported one another. So you know I would say that you know like anything, man, it takes a village, right? And mm-hmm. I and I feel like that's exactly what took place. I think particularly in that in that DB room. Uh, even going back to Kenny Wilhite, I mean, so uh, John Reese. Uh, so there were always Tyrone Bird. I mean, I kind of go can go on and on yeah. because we had examples in front of us every day of what it should look like and, and how to model that. And so, you know, as you as you kind of come up and you're, you know, for example, as I was a red shirt, I saw those guys, Tyrone Birds and the Kenny Wilhites and John Reese's work. And then, then as I, you know, took another step, next thing you know, it's the Toby Wrights that are, you know, you know, making that, taking that step and, and showing that leadership. And then eventually it becomes your time. And, and then you see, you know, Tony Villains and Mike Minners and, and Bookers and so on and so forth. So um, I thought that was what was so unique about uh, being in Nebraska and, and just being able to, you know, grow as a group and, and having those guys, you know, always supportive. You know, when you talk about adversity, you got hurt at the University of Nebraska. Talk a little bit about, you know, getting hurt and then recovering, rehabbing, and then coming back stronger than ever before. Yeah, you know, I, I talk about that now, uh, even still, because that's something that's really carried with me, even in my career, because I'm in a tough business. And so being resilient um, is one of the things that, um, you, know, you know, I feel like is, is as a part of my core, so to speak. And it really started, to some degree, dealing with that. So I had a, a benign tumor that I actually ended up fracturing my hip. So going back, I actually fractured my hip, but at the time I thought I just, uh, pulled a muscle. I had a strain and, um, and it would, you know, and it was continuing to bother me. So finally, uh, they decided to, to x-ray me. And of course, to everyone's horror, and I, I can never forget the look on, um, you know, everyone's faces, including my folks, uh, seeing my, uh, pelvic and hip bone basically hollowed out, uh, with fracture in it. Wow. And so, uh, so as it turns out, it was a tumor, and I went through all kinds of, you know, MRI, imaging, you, you name it, I did it, uh, and, um, you know, praise God, ended up, I had a benign tumor, that I did not have cancer, they, I really wasn't sure, so, you know, at that time, as a, you know, 19, 20-year-old, you know, kid, I... It, it was more than just, well, I think my career is over. Like, I, I was really wondering, you know, was I going to be dealing with cancer? But, um, and this, this is, had, you know, this again, is 1994, Stokes. With so many people, um, you know, to this day, I, I always remember Dr. Neff, who performed my surgery and mm. always reassured me that things were going to be uh, right. And, um, you know, I spent, uh, I had an option at that time. I could either be in a wheelchair for 17 weeks or I could be in crutches. And I chose crutches for 17 weeks, and that's how I managed it. And I continued to still work out in the weight room and, uh, you know, work my crutches while I was on that whole time. And I didn't, I didn't miss a beat. I actually ended up uh, playing in the kickoff classic at the time. I think we played in New Jersey. Uh, mm-hmm. We played in New Jersey. We played West Virginia. Uh, played in that game. And then, uh, unfortunately, in the year, Mike Minner suffered a knee injury uh, pretty early in that year. 
against Texas Tech, he did his ACL, and then I ended up being a regular in the in the starting rotation just like that. So, uh, and and really that set the trajectory for the rest of my career there at Nebraska. So ninety. So this would have been ninety four. This was uh, yeah. So this was ninety four, correct? Because I remember yeah. you got swole, you know, walking on them crutches and stuff. And stuff. <laughs> He's, he getting swole on them crutches, crutches for seventeen weeks will do that. <laughs> <laughs> them bricks is still. You still got them bricks on you? I've, I've managed to stay in pretty good shape. I've managed to stay in pretty good. <laughs> well, shape. I, I saw the picture. E, Twenty years later, you still look the same. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like Coach Brown. Y- y'all defying time right now. It's, was it the creatine? You think it was the creatine? Uh, uh, no, I tell you, a, a safe bet right now is to, to keep a shaved head and a shaved face, and, and that that will hide the gray. <laughs> oh, the, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right, because my gray is everywhere right now. I can't cut it until we win. We got to win three straight, and then I'll cut it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so, so, so e, you get to, to 95. Talk about winning well let's let's back up talk about winning in 94 first and how that set up 95 man um it's so funny for me so team wise uh i think coming out of that 94 year we knew as a team uh i I don't don't think there was any doubt that we were going to win back to back to be quite honest with you um that was just an entirely different tone because, you know, 94 was more about breaking through, right? You're breaking through because you're beating a Miami team who had, you know, beaten you badly during the nineties when you had a chance to face them in the orange bowl. So, you know, 94 was kind of about getting, getting the the monkey off our back. um, And particularly for coach Osborne, I think the 95 season, you know, that was more of a, an unleashing about just how, how, good our talent was and I think what was so unique about that 95 team and why to me it's one of the greatest teams ever is that's a team that not only was talented but reached its like talent potential and that's not that doesn't often happen where you know you can have talented players we've all been around talented players but not often do all talented players reach their potential and I would say that one thing that was truly unique about that team was everyone on that team was playing to their full potential. And that's literally why we routed everybody we came across. Mm, that means we were three, four, five, six deep at the same position. Somebody go down, next man up, next man up, next man up. So I, I'll, I'll say this. I've had the pleasure, and this it's been a minute, but I've had the pleasure of talking to Nick Saban, who at that time uh, when we played it in that uh, 95 season, uh, we went to, up to Michigan State. He was the head coach, and he actually still talks about that that team. Like is that, I mean, and this is a guy that's coaching, as we know, Alabama right now is one of the premier programs. So, um, so we left. Let me just say, we left an impression. Well, you know, after after smashing him, you look at what Nick Saban has done at Alabama, and you look at the consistency. You look at the play calling. Look at the, you know, their run first, pass second type team smash mouth defense oriented team yeah you know you you know that impression we left our footprint on Nick Saban's chest it's still there it's a big end on his chest from when we ran over him he's like I'm an honorary Nebraska guy so so talk about when you got your black shirt how it happened and what it means to be a black shirt so 
I received my black shirt, and it's funny because I, I literally know this. Uh, that that lets you know the, how special that is to me. I actually have kept all my black shirts. I actually have to admit a in a uh, keepsake somewhere. So that's another thing. Not only do I have all my jerseys, but I did keep all my black shirts as well. So I received my black shirt my sophomore year going into the prior to the UCLA game. So around that uh, third week of the season or something like that, I remember uh, going into, you know, at that time backups were yellow jerseys. And so I remember going to the locker room and my yellow jersey was not in there and a black shirt was in there. And, uh, and that was, uh, I mean, that was just the best thing ever. And uh, I had a conversation with uh, Coach McBride. We talked a little bit about it. And uh, he congratulated me, and then Coach Osborne congratulated me along with uh, George Darlington, and and uh, never looked back, and always appreciated having the black shirt because the thing at that time people don't realize is you you could lose your black shirt. You know, the black shirt wasn't just something that was given to you, and and then you just had that for the remainder of the season. The black shirt uh, could be could be taken, and so it was about consistency. Um, and it was about really playing to the standards that uh, we set. So, uh, yeah, so, so I'm very proud of that moment. Is, is, is having a black shirt, does that mean you just play mediocre football? Like, what is the standard? When we're talking black shirts, because you, Terrell, a bunch of you guys that, you know, I call my friends are all black shirts and that. What is that standard of play when you are a black shirt? Well, it's consistency and it's toughness uh, are the two things that, that I would say, you know, separate guys or, or give guys that opportunity to, to, earn, to earn the black shirt. Because, you know, again, the black shirt wasn't always just about um, the 11 starters. You know, you could we still had other guys, to your point, uh, even some backups that had, had black shirts. As a matter of fact, when I had my black shirt, I wasn't even, you know, a full-time uh, starter, I was I was you know in the rotation working along with Tony Veland and and uh, and Moss and, and those guys, but uh, you know you could there being a being a black shirt was you know still just a part of um, you know you had separated yourself from the group, but to me you know obviously the two things I still go back to is about you know toughness and consistency. I think were the two things that uh, really come to mind on that. Terrell, you got anything for Soaps nah, before we throw it to break? I like what he said. Okay, uh, yeah, he can't he can't get no better than that, right? Yeah, he can't get no better. You got to play at a high high intensity. You know, everybody like a black shirt. We play together at a, at a high level. You know, we got each other back. So you know, East Oaks helped me. East Oaks helped me when I came in. You know, he, you know, great leader, great great person to be around. You know, just that's what it's all about being a black shirt. And he made it easy for me to cover because we just turned him loose and let him go to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, e, I got—I I don't know if you—you you got you got one more segment in you. Yeah, I do. Okay, I do. so so I, we'll, we'll, when we come back, uh, Coach Osborne was just talking about uh, the way we do things, and and I was talking about quiet assassins. You know what I mean? Guys that didn't talk a lot as a black shirt, but still would hit you in the mouth. And I, I when I think about you guys, I'm like. That's why when Coach Osborne was saying, "Yeah, you know what, you hit him in the mouth, but help him up," and I, I mean, I, 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 it, it dawned on me that I forgot that that's the way we did things. We'd hit you in the mouth, but we'd also help you up. Say, "Okay, we'll see you next play, okay, sir," and tap. That you on was the a staple that actually came from Coach McBride. Mm. He despised he despised talking. He 
he despised it. So that that's funny you bring that up. Absolutely. We're talking to Eric Stokes, two-time national champion, Washington commander, senior director of pro personnel. We'll be we'll be back with the captain and the black shirt. And Cove. The ticket. 93.7 the captain. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.